I had a PDA. Welcome to episode number 13 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and my co-hosts are Dee and Lenore. Dee, what's your poison tonight? Well, I'm drinking a Starbucks vanilla flat white. Um, that's kind of my drink of choice. I haven't really been able to drink just plain brewed coffee, um, just cause stomach issues. So instead of just getting a plain latte, I get a fruity drink. <laughs> um, not, not that a flat white is super fancy. Um, and I'm eating Gushers fruit snacks because they are the best things ever. Oh man. Um, and, uh. I am writing with a Pink Futura, the um, CW collaboration, in my handy-dandy reporter's notebook. Nice. Nice. Yes. What about you, Lenore? Um, I'm drinking water because it's been one of those days when I haven't had time to eat or drink anything, and I'm like, I'm thirsty. (laughs) And, um, oh, and I'm yeah. writing I, with, on a Sustainable Earth um, by Staples um, Spiral Bound Notebook. This is the one that's mm-hmm. made of sugarcane paper. And um, I like this. It's, um, the paper's nice. It feels slick, but it takes graphite really well. And um, it's a little, the paper in this is a little bit thin. And so um, this is my kind of to-do list, catch-everything notebook I was carrying around this summer when I had a massive number of ongoing projects to keep track of. And because the paper kind of stuck together, I I used washi tape. This is one of the first times I ever actually used washi tape. But I used washi tape down the outside margin of several pages in it just so that those pages would be a little thicker and I could flip them. And I really like it, oh. actually. I mean, it's it's um, it just kind of gives a little bit of like a something for my fingernail to catch on to open a page, and it it marks the pages, the sections of the book that I'm working in. So it's um, you know, it's kind of just a nice basic notebook, and it looks so cheap. I don't mind using it, and it has perforated pages, so I can rip stuff out of it, and. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not a journal, it's not a planner, it's just a, it's just a mind dump, um, list collection. So, yeah. And, um, I, I, now I want fruit gushers. <laughs> I have a giant box of them. Oh tomorrow. man, I'll be there in 14 and a half hours. <laughs> so, um. I've been sipping some home-roasted coffee from Mexico. I picked up the greens from Bodhi. It's uh, not to toot my own horn, but it the roast came out perfect, so it's a little chocolatey, really sweet, and just a delicious coffee. Um, I finished watching all of Stargate SG-1. Um, mm. I have thoughts, but I was, I was going to order the uh, two made-for-TV movies that follow the, the season finale. Um, but I found out that my library has them on DVD, so I'm waiting for them to get here um, so that I can watch the final final movies. Uh, I hope they're better than the final season. 
Um, mm. I also watched the first season of The Tick on Amazon. Did you guys ever watch that? Oh, really? Yet? No. How is it? I wanted to. I just haven't gotten to oh it. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. I laughed so much. It's so fantastic. Um, I can't wait for the second half of the first season. So funny. Um, yeah, so then I'm uh, I'm writing with a Nataraj tricone on 3x5 cards, um, and I'm using the Pen and Gear Walmart grid cards. So, uh, yeah, I thought that would fit with uh-huh. today's themes of, uh, since we're going to be talking about, uh, getting things done and to-do lists and whatnot. So what's exciting, Dee? Nothing. Um, no, really. Um, I guess for me in my universe, which is completely, um, limited right now due to school, um, I'd say the research that I'm kind of digging into has been really exciting for me. Um, for any of you who have done extensive research, it's kind of like one giant never ending rabbit hole. And, uh, you know, it's, I'm getting to that point where I have to kind of rein myself in because my variables keep changing. So, you know, I started off on one, one spot and now I'm like 13 spots down the line. And, you know, I, I have all these things I want to measure, but, uh, I also don't want to make it too difficult for myself. So, Um, it's been really fun, like digging into research and using the tools that I use to research and take notes. Um, I went through two casemates last week. I know. Right. Um, because usually like when I'm doing research, um, I have to, I have to print everything out. I can't just, I can't digital anything when it comes to reading scientific articles or research articles, whatever. I can't do that. So it's kind of like. I'm kind of like a Jackson Pollock, you know, like on the yeah. floor with like all these papers spread out. Um, and I have color coded stuff. So like I, you know, like mark each paper um, with different colored highlighters because because I've, I've narrowed it down to like four things that I'm measuring. So, you know, each each measure has a different color so I can quickly like go through. Um, and see what it is that I need. And then I've been organizing those articles into a binder labeled by section and then by author and subject matter. So I've been really geeking it out with like getting organized. So that has been my life really. So, I mean, I guess you would say that's fun because there's such satisfaction now. I have this giant two inch binder full of stuff and it's kind of like my little Bible, like I carry it around and has everything I need in it. So but that's it for me. What about you, Lenore? I just finished the most recent episode of Kimmy Schmidt, which um, is hilarious. And I, um, yeah, I saved it up for a while. Um, Have you guys watched this show? It's a Netflix original show. I haven't. I've heard very, very good things about it, though. I have not. It is really funny. I mean, and it, there's there's problems with it, and it's clearly, you know, there's... I kind of love the low-budgetness of it, because that's kind of the... What? The aesthetic? But it's, you know, it's funny. It's self-referential. It lampshades a lot of the tropes that, um, you know, that we know and love. It's political. I mean, I, I just really enjoy it. So, um... 
I had started it earlier in the summer and the, the, when the second season came out, like I, I just binge watched it. I watched the whole thing and it, I just kept doing the little next episode, next episode thing. And I didn't realize I was on the last episode when I was on the last episode. And then I just was crushed (laughs) because I wasn't expecting it to be over because I hadn't had to go out of the system and come back into it and see how far through it I was. So this time I rationed it out a little bit more, but it's very, very funny. Um, so that was fun. Yeah. And then, um, I also have been, uh, you know, what's exciting for me right now. So I recently read Les's entry in comfortable shoes studio from back in 2006 about how she organizes her four page array in her notebooks. And I'm so excited about it. Like I, I'm going to, I'm going to totally start doing that. And I think it's a really good example of how you hear somebody refer to something and you kind of think you know what it is, but you haven't really done the research on it. And it kind of like looks like a lot of work or, you know, for whatever reason, you don't go do it. Right. And so I read this one blog entry and bullet journaling has bullet journaling has never really appealed to me that much um, because it just didn't work with my. I don't know. It wasn't, it didn't, it didn't click for me. And I, you know, for this particular thing, I need something that's going to click, right. That's going to fit with my kind of the way my brain works. Mm -hmm. But I think this is going to actually work really, really well for me. And I'm excited about it. So thank you, Les from 2006 (laughs) for your insightful, um, Uh, your insightfulness of something that I'm finally catching on to 11 years later and after having been friends with you for three years. Uh, well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it's nice to know that you can have some lasting impact. Who knows what people are going to be picking up from you in 2028. <laughs> True. But, you know, that's not like that. We'll get into that a little more deeply, but that is a riff on... What I was talking about last episode, the pig pog PDA. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. a riff off of that. So it's not really my thing. It's sort of my version of it for what I was doing at the time. And that evolved into something else, which we'll go into in more depth during the uh, main section of the episode. Cool. Um, So right after I set up my my Baron Fig 2018 planner and had it set for my job as it is currently. Sorry, there's Oh no. The so I got a job offer. And I had basically I'd applied for this job like as soon as I finished my internship, I went to my boss and I said, Hey, if anything opens up, I want it. So something opened up. And she offered me the job and I of course said yes. So I have regular hours. I get paid if clients don't show up or not, which is a whole other side. I'm no longer living that hashtag per diem life. Um, I, I, I will be after nice. I finish in oh, my, yeah. my regular hours. I have the availability to see clients outside of that. So yeah, so I got this new job. I'm working a specific set number of hours. Then afterwards I have room for a certain number of clients after that. Um, so now my needs in the planner are different because I own, 
I still want to track what times I'm seeing individuals in the partial program. I also need to track when I'm running groups in the partial program just to make sure that, you know, because I, I have to track client contact, which I have to track client contact, I have to track group hours, and I have to administrative stuff for my licensure. So when I finally file for my licensure, um, I'll have to, I have to have all of that all separated out. So I still have to track it until I get my license. So once I get my license, I only have to track my clients. So it's very convoluted. Um, so it's just a little different than, than what I need, but I only need to have, you know, three hours after my regular hours in the, in the bare figs planner. So, you know, I, I spent money and I bought rubber stamps and I put in the first, I'm glad that I only finished the first month because I would be upset if I had finished, like if I'd gone through and I'd stamped the whole thing, like what? Yeah. (laughs) You would have just had to turn down the job. Sorry, Mary. Uh, I, I can't, I already set up my planner. Yeah, right. I probably get like, you know how dogs stare at you with the side eye? Like they turn their head, they're like, what? (laughs) I think I'd get one of those from her. So, yeah. So moving on to the main topic of the episode, I really, so after the last episode, you know, I I made this uh, grand sweeping statement of, I really don't understand decorated planners. Um... I yeah. really like that it has evolved into a big discussion in the RSVB Facebook group, which I think is yes. worthy of additional exploration. Um, and, and maybe it will explain some of my point of view a little bit better, um, because what I really want to do is talk about the evolution of the to-do list, task management, and the whole idea of GTD or getting things done. Um, and sort of the morphing of bullet journaling into something more and, and maybe even talk about the gendering of washi tape and Facebook groups. I don't know if we'll get that (laughs) into the discussion or not during this episode. I don't see how we're going to avoid it, frankly. This is true. It's really the elephant. It is. It is. And I'm actually, I'm looking forward to this because I think, and and I'm speaking only for myself here. Um, I don't want to speak for the, either of you, but Ever since the beginning, I wanted to talk about things mm. like this, but I also didn't want people to hate us. Um, yeah. So I think by episode 13, we're a little bit more comfortable with ourselves. Um, and, you know, I mean... Wait, this is episode 13? It is. Holy yeah. crap! It's, it's going to come out. It's going to hit the air um, the couple of days before Friday the 13th. Maybe I should just put it out yes. on Friday the 13th. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh. I was paying attention at the beginning. I just, you know. But yeah, so like, it's something that I always wanted to get to because it is for me personally always the elephant mm. in the room um, whenever I interact in groups. And you know, I didn't want to get political, but I also think it's something that needs to kind of be talked about because I think if it's not talked about, it's just contributing to the elephant yeah. in the room. I agree. So, I look forward to this. All right, so, oh, no, I was going to say, and send your hate mail to us. (laughs) It's all my fault this week. It's all my fault. All right, so I want to go back in time to about 2003, 2004. Those were good good times. times. (laughs) Um, And 
I had a I I had switched professions and I was suddenly working in a management level at retail. I was ordering things. Oh, yeah. I had to be very organized in my to-do list and I'm I've been a to-do list user for a very long time. Like I, I I've always just done it. But it was always very haphazard and the where I was working um Pretty much on day one, they would hand you a top, you know, reporter style, three by five pocket notebook. And, you know, they're like your boss would say, oh, hey, you know, here's here's your notebook and here's a big stick pen. Um, use it to keep track of shit. Um, and so that, you know, it was very disorganized and I'd have a page, I'd rip it out, I'd lose it. I mean, I lost so many three by five spiral bound notebooks back then that um, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how many I've lost. So yeah, so the, it was this very disorganized sort of to-do list, a 3 by 5 notebook that I lost all the time, or, you know, you'd leave your 3 by 5 notebook and someone would swipe it. Yeah. Um, so that began my search for a more organized method of, of getting stuff done. And so part of, like, I, the first thing that I do is I Google or... Back then, what was it? What's Yahoo search? I, Lycos. Oh, God, Lycos or Dogpile. Um, I yes. dogpile something to figure something out. And one of the things that came up was this David Allen book called Getting Things Done. Which I have not read. Even I've heard though of it. it's been recommended by a thousand yeah, people. And I've never read it either. I've never read it. I've listened to interviews with him. I've watched YouTube videos with him. Um and some of it, a lot of it didn't apply to me because it, you know, his 43 folder system didn't work for me because I didn't have a sit down job. I didn't have a place where I could put 43 folders and sort my stuff. It just, it wasn't functional for me. Um, but I started, um, I started following Merlin Mann's 43 folders website. One of the things that came up for me was the hipster PDA. And what the hipster PDA is, is basically a stack of three by five cards, a pen, and a binder clip. And basically, it's, it's a, you, on your to-do list, you, you start on page one, you do an organized to-do list. And it's running, and then you flip it over, and you use the next page as another to-do list. Mm-hmm. And then... Which I actually did for a while. Like, I had the, I had the stack of... Um, the stack of index cards, and I had the different, like I had graph ones and lined yeah. ones and a couple of colored ones and things like that. And then when you had, like, when you had something that needed more information for it, you'd pull another 3 by 5 card, you'd tag it to that to-do list item, and you would use the the 3 by 5 card to kind of put your information down or your ideas down about what had to be done. And I found that was useful but again, I lost a lot of those three by five cards. So uh, somewhere along the way, I discovered the pig pog PDA method. And that's what that blog post that we were talking about in the earlier in the episode is all about. It's basically you take a line down the edge of the page and you write down what you have to do um, and then, you know, underline it so that you have a spot that's all about that one to do list item. Um, and then when you complete it, you write the date that you completed it. You can also highlight it or like, I always use like a, I, 
I used a black pen and a red pen. And when something was super mm -hmm. important, I would circle it in red. That way I knew that was something that had to be done ASAP um, and before I left work that day. I used one side of my pocket notebook for work and I used the other side of my pocket notebook for at-home stuff. And the uh, 2006 blog post, um, that was when we were buying our house. So I had a lot of like little things to do. I had to like, you know, make phone calls to the realtor. I had to like, you know, make sure that the insurance money was in the account. I had to make phone calls. Like, so a lot of that stuff, like was, I had to keep it separate too, because work had a lot of things that were just work related. I didn't want to mix the two. So having it too separated was helpful. Um, but the pig pog method worked better for me because everything was bound into a pocket notebook. And back then I was using a moleskin volant, which in 2006, they stopped making them. So then I had to switch okay. to a different kind of notebook. And so, I, yeah, so from, from the pig pog PDA method, I switched into using the pocket mod, which is, it's based off of a single sheet book. You fold the paper in a certain way, you cut a hole in it, and then it folds into this little tiny pocketable single page book. In the Pocket Mod mm -hmm. website, you can lay it out with a cover, a calendar, and then just lines inside if you want. So that worked really well for me. And I used that um, for the almost the entire time I was working in HR. Like, I would write down, you know, talk to Joe, talk to Jane, talk to Lou or whatever. Like, all these different, like, people that I had to talk to about things. Or get benefits information for so-and-so. Or get this, get that, or print this off. Or get the benefits package for this person. Um, and I found that the pocket mod worked really, really well for me. And I would keep them. I had this little, I made a, myself a little 3 by 5 box that it fit into. Um, and I would keep them and just move into the next one. So the pocket mod was really, really probably what I used the most. And then eventually I just graduated into using a running list on a legal pad on my desk because I didn't need to carry it around. Once I'd moved into transitioned into a desk position, I didn't need to have right. to like carry around everything. Um, so I think also like in this time frame of like from 2004 until about 2009-ish when I was when I switched into that that legal pad I tried using a Palm Pilot and I really found that the Palm Pilot didn't work for me for a number of reasons mm -hmm. part of it was that my running list I would never check things off I would never remove things from the list so I just had, you know, my list would go from like three things that were achievable to 500 things, none of which I could complete. For me, a lot of moving into like the hipster PDA, the pig pog, the pocket mod um, was really all about going back to analog because analog was faster and cheaper for me. So it was really, for me, it was a reaction. What about you guys? What did you, 
like Lenore, you've talked about using the hipster PDA before. What other things have you used that were analog or, or electronic? What electronic things have worked for you? I had a real PDA for a while. I, I tried pretty hard for a year to use it. Um, it was actually a really nice, um, I was a, I was maid of honor for a friend of mine and, um, that was, she gave me a PDA, which was a huge gift at the time. Mm. Um, but it, it doesn't, it, it never really worked for me. It never really felt natural for me. And of course that was 2003 when you had to do the special script to put yeah stuff into it. And, um, the computer I had belonged to work, so, you know, having a computer that it was linked mm -hmm. to that didn't belong to me yeah, was a little weird, and, um, you know, so it just, it, it never kind of felt like a natural, I always had to make myself use it, and it just seemed like another thing I had to do, like, it almost added to my to-do list because my to-do list sort of had this thing of put to-do list on PDA, yeah. right? And look at PDA for to-do list. But at the same time, it was nice having everybody's addresses in one place. But, on, you know, even with that, um, you know, now I'm still using the Moleskin um, address book I've been using since 2008 and... I like that a lot better. And, you know, I don't know if I could turn my PDA on and get all of the addresses on it, you know, or not. It's just sitting in a drawer. So um, that never really worked for me. But the the stack of index cards, I never used in the kind of systematic way that they said. But a stack of index cards is so small and so easily replaceable and... So um, fluid, I guess, that it didn't matter that I wasn't using it in a, in a prescribed right. way because I had, you know, fundamentally, I had this little thing. It was easy to feel in my bag, to reach in and grab in my bag. And I had a piece of paper that I could give to someone else if I needed, some, needed one. Yeah. I could make a note for myself. I could take out a piece and put some more in if I, you know... I could make notes on the colored sheet, whatever. You know, I just kept kind of an assortment of them there. And that worked for me because it was like a tiny, tiny filing system, but one that I could just flip through and find what I was looking for. So um, that was really perfect for me. And um, I'm not sure why I quit using it, actually. Like why I quit carrying that around. I think it's just because I thought maybe notebooks would be better. I started using field notes size notebooks and um you know and they are better in a way but they're not in a way too so my house is my areas of my house are very disorganized and just have a lot of stuff thrown in places and so every time I go to clean something out one of the things that I will find will be several little filled or partially filled notebooks and one of the things that I will find will be bundles of index cards <laughs> And sometimes I find good stuff on them, actually. Like, just random thoughts that I jotted down and never got copied to anywhere else. So, I actually, at one point, when I was doing the hipster PDA, so one of the things that always happened at my workplace is people, people would leave their positions, but they would also leave behind boxes of index cards. Because we could order, not index cards, business cards. 
So people would oh, yeah. leave behind boxes of these business cards that they'd ordered and the information would no longer be relevant because they were going to a new store. Right, because you can't right. You can't order less than five hundred right. of them. And they're completely useless once any tiny piece of information changes. Right. So we would have yeah. all these business cards that no one could use. So I had boxes and boxes and boxes of index cards. I keep calling them index cards. Business cards with old information on them, but the backs were all blank. So for a long time, I was just going through and I was using business cards instead of three by five cards. And I found that those worked really well for me because, well, I could pocket them. I actually went so far. I have it sitting here on my desk. I had made myself a leather business card case specifically designed to hold the ones I was making notes mm -hmm. on. Um, and that, I think, is what really transitioned me out of the hipster and the pig pog PDA and into the pocket mod because they're about the same size. Like there was something for me about the small pocketable format mm -hmm. of them. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a tiny piece of cardstock. And when I was done with it, I didn't care if it, I threw it away or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of brilliant actually. And, um, and they're also a little stiffer, mm -hmm. which is, you know, which is nice for something that you're carrying in your pocket. Yeah. yeah. There was another variation on the hipster PDA thing that was, you would print onto a piece of paper yep. in four or six sections mm -hmm. and then fold yeah. it up into a little booklet thing. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a little while because it just intrigued me, the, you know, origami aspect of it I liked. But those didn't really work for me. The index card thing was kind of a sweet spot for a while. Yeah, I, what I didn't like about the printed pages of of the Hipster PDA was that it, it like, for me, the longevity of them, because I, when I was using the Hipster PDA, I was working in kind of a wet, damp environment, and it was filthy. You, you know, you always see, like, floral arrangements as, as like, these pretty, mm -hmm. pretty things, but being a florist is a really dirty, wet, messy job. I was constantly filthy. All of my clothes that I wore to work were incredibly stained and I was just a mess all the time, but had not thought of that aspect. It, yeah. I, most people don't. They're like, Oh, a florist. That's such a nice job. It's like, girl, I am throwing 30 to 50 pound boxes of flowers around. I'm unloading pallets with like 50 pound boxes all day long. And then Inside the box, there are bugs, there are pesticides, the flowers are usually dirty and have to be washed off, and, you know, at the end of the day, my fingernails were black, I was covered in dirt. It was just, yeah, I mean, being a florist is a lot of, is very messy, but, so, my tool, my, my tool of, of, of organization had to survive that, and anything that wasn't heavy enough didn't survive. It'd be a wet mess in a couple of hours. So Right, that makes a lot of sense. I um did you guys see the movie Dirty Pretty Things when uh, it came out? No. Yeah. It just made me think of that because one of the lines in the movie is that there's this um hotel. They're working in this hotel and all of the dirty So anyway, they they work in so they work in this hotel and they one of the characters who is one of the managers of the hotel says that, you know, all of these dirty things, hap 
all of these dirty things happen and we make them yeah. pretty again. So yeah, I was just thinking of that when you're talking about, you know, that's kind of the, the yes. ugly side, right? It's like right. being in the kitchen at a restaurant. No, you really no. don't want to see that. Or... Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> no, you do not. What about you, Dee? Um, well, like Lenore, I used to use a PDA. Um, I had a job in retail management as well. Um, and I often found myself like, like employees, I, I would write the schedule. I, I had about 15 to 20 employees at any given time. And even though I had a clear cut binder, like write your availability, people would always be calling me or telling me I can't work this day. I can't work that day. So I figured a PDA would be perfect, um, to kind of jot that down. But like Lenore, I hated the fact that I had to learn an entire kind of different alphabet to like write something because yes, I could use, you know, type it in, but like that just took too long. Like, you know, it's not like nowadays where you can just talk to your phone. So, um, so the PDA worked for a bit. I think part of me also wanted to use it cause it was the early two thousands and it was technology and it was cool. And I had a PDA, you know, like, you know, I was important. <laughs> Um, so, and then from that, I actually, um, it's funny that you brought up the business card thing, um, because I actually used that for a short period of time. Um, I was store manager of a Hollywood video store, so I got a box of business cards, but then they opened up another store and I got more business cards, which made the previous business cards useless. <laughs> and, you know, my boss... Yes, yes. Because, you know, who needs a business card of a store manager of a video <laughs> store? Uh, maybe a vendor. Like, right. I probably gave about 10 of them in my entire career. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my right. boss is like, oh, just throw them away. And I just, I, I couldn't do that. So one day when I was on a conference call, um, I decided to, like, kind of create this flip book of blank business cards. So I glued two business cards together. So both sides would be blank. And I did that to about 10 of them. Mm -hmm. And then we had this, like, like at our store, we, we had like this, I don't know why, but we had like a, a really strong, like hole punch. So I hole punched them and then just got one of those like metal rings. Um, yeah. and I actually used that stuff like, you know, to kind of jot things down that were more than just a scribble to myself. Like, don't forget to submit the schedule on time. It was more like, what's this vendor's phone number? Or like, who do, who do I ask for when I call corporate and I have a problem? Cause you know, there's always that one person that actually helps you. Um, you made a Rolodex. Yes. It was like a pocket Rolodex. You invented the Rolodex. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, but it was more than that because like I could add, it was business card side. So I could, I, I could add stuff. Um, so I, I think that, that it was just, it was created out of boredom. Cause I, I mean, conference calls, I'm sure both of you have experienced those. And then you'd free, someone wouldn't mute their phone. And then you're like, who doesn't have their call muted and what, you know, just, you know, so I would just zone out. So yeah, I had it. A... Or who put you yes. on hold so you heard the other store's yes. music. So I, or whose <laughs> toilet is running. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I had a glue stick and I had time and, and I made my little, little flip cards of pertinent information that I used on a weekly basis. Um, 
And then I stopped using anything at all because I found that for me personally, it was becoming a hindrance actually to have any kind of like PDA, whether it be digital or analog. Um, I, you know, I mean, I still kind of feel that way in some sense. That's why I don't, um, continue on with journals. Um, you know, it kind of like, I kind of got some flack in the thread there indirectly, you know, like about not being able to keep a journal past two weeks, but like, that's just not how my brain works. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think if it doesn't work for you, yeah, then like, why would anybody tell you that it should? Yeah, like I can't, you know, like I can't, I just can't. Like, so you're doing productivity wrong, D. Yeah, totally. Um, so you know, for me, it actually caused more anxiety because I was like, oh my god, I'm not like doing this thing that I'm supposed to be doing, and then it just is a cascading effect. So. Exactly. Your planner yeah. shouldn't be another thing that's on your to-do Correct. list unless you're into that. Correct. So it wasn't right. until about three or four years ago that I started using um, analog tools again. And it was pretty much, it started with the moleskin, like, tiny little thing, whatever they're called. You know what I'm talking about. The one everyone buys for the first time and thinks they're glorious until they try something else. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I skipped that part. Uh but yeah, so so for me, it wasn't extensive use like like you less. I think that, I think you were just like born analog. Well, I, I think also like yeah, born analog, and I I respond really well to visual things. Like I my mind is disorganized until I write it down. Once I write something down, I usually remember it forever. But for me to not have a to do list makes me more anxious than to make the to-do list. So for me, the analog to-do list is a useful tool. And I know that with my new job, because it's going to involve more administrative work, I'm going to have to start to rely on my to-do list again. Yeah. Well, I'm going to agree with both of you, even though Les just sounded like she was disagreeing with Dee, <laughs> because um, while I need a to-do list and it makes me it really relaxes me actually to have a list of the things that I need to do when I'm stressed out about how much I need to do. Um, I don't like the responsibility of feeling like I have to write something in a daily, like make a daily entry in a planner. And this I think was part of the, part of where the, um, some of the conflict, if I can call it that in the group came up was that um, we're, we were approaching this from the side of thinking about a planner, which is a thing that you use to plan. Correct. Right. Right. And depending on what kinds of tasks you're planning and how much detail you need to go into and how much variability there is in that, you know, we talked about all of those things that I only need a tiny amount of space to record deviations from my normal schedule. But Less needs to have space for her entire schedule because it is not going to be the same. Yeah. You know, she's got to really um, put a lot more stuff, a lot more detail into hers. You know, if we have this fractal model kind of, she has to have um, a lot more raggedness on the edge of her schedule. And um, we were really approaching that conversation about, oh my God, why do people so much put so much work into prettifying their planner is because we were really using a very literal definition of the word planner. 
And the things that we were talking about, and I think this is one of the things that kind of emerged for me in the conversation over the last 24 hours, is that um, when people say, you know, when people are doing their planner, they're not, they're not using it as a planner, right? They're really blurring that distinction between planner and art journal and brain dump and sketchbook and aspiration holder. (laughs) And, you know, so that's not, that's not what I think of when I think planner, but for some people that's, you know, that fits with their flow and that fits with what they need to do. And for me, a journal and a planner would need to be two separate distinct objects. If I was going to keep a journal, I really would not want it to be, in the same place where I write down my dentist appointment. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, I think, so this, this links into something else that I wanted to talk about is sort of that, that blurring of the line that you brought up, uh, Lenore is like, so when I was teaching art journaling, there was this sort of group of people that their art journal was really their life book. This was their, their, you know, like their life journal, their life book. And so part of their, their art journal would have like, a list of stuff to do, their laundry list, their, their groceries list, their, you know, all of these lists that they needed to have done, plus appointments and things that people would add in calendars and things like that. And mm-hmm. it became like a planner slash art journal. So then like on other pages, they were documenting their, their feelings and emotions and things. And I think that's sort of where bullet journaling is now. You know, bullet journaling has gone from this very set, complicated list making system to the lines being blurred into art journaling and life books and people are sometimes I think a lot of times and I think this is where we get into the gender thing a lot of times people pick up something like bullet journaling and they don't feel comfortable saying that it's an art journal they don't feel comfortable keeping an art journal because I'm not an artist I'm not a writer and so when you do something like bullet journaling and there's an openness to be able to use some of your planner as a journal. It opens the door for people to start writing and adding art to it in a comfortable sort of way. And maybe eventually they'll graduate to a life book or an art journal. And I think this is something that is a very female centric part of journaling. Because I yeah. see it less often. I see that questioning of I'm no writer, I'm no artist, less often from men and more often from women. I've seen it over and over and over again in my art journaling yeah. groups that I belong to. Um, but I just, like, you don't see it with men as often. And I'm, I'm not saying all men. Please be no. aware. I'm not saying all men. <laughs> Hashtag not all men. Not all men. Um, but I'm saying that there's a very vocal group of women who are not comfortable calling themselves authors. They're not comfortable calling themselves writers. They're not comfortable calling themselves artists. So they are doing something that they feel comfortable doing and they're bridging into something different. Yes. And I think that, like I said, that's a decidedly female thing. And I think that also leads to this sort of schism in bullet journaling where So let's face it, like a lot of like these things that Lenore and I have been talking about that we used to do, like the hipster PDA, getting things done, PigPog, the pocket mod, those websites 
are all very masculine. They're all very manly. Ur is a man's place. And I don't remember in any of the forums very many women. And I never talked in those groups. I never participated in any of the, the chats or any of the threads on those groups. Because it was all tech guys and people like it wasn't really a place for there wasn't a place for for the female retail manager yeah so i i think that what's happening is is now that more women are doing this and they're finding themselves comfortable um that a lot of men are feeling out of place because this used to be their space and all of a sudden there's a lot of women there and well that's how you get the brojo bullet journaling Facebook group is like, well, because it looks like women ruined right. your thing. And, you know, it's just all of a sudden, you know, there's someone who can do calligraphy and there she's making her to do list with calligraphy or using a rubber stamp to do it. And I don't know that. I mean, calligraphy is not specifically a female thing. I don't there's, no. I think there's nothing feminine no. about calligraphy. Ask, ask the medieval monks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's that being interesting. Uh, there are a lot of people out there who do calligraphy who are men. So I, I don't know. I, I think that that a lot of this stuff is a knee jerk reaction to women suddenly being there and participating and being vocal participants instead of hanging back like we used to. Because hey, we're representation right. is important, right? I mean, representation is important. There was a um, thing on. NPR this morning I was listening to while I was grading a bunch of um, papers, <laughs> grading, 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 and the you know this is not a a novel thought, but I thought this woman put it exceptionally well. She said, you know, in in kind of the early days of the modern feminist movement, um, you know, so like when we were kids, right? There was. <laughs> this kind of double demand that women should be able to do anything men could do and also that the things that women do should be valued, yeah. right? And so we've done a really pretty good job actually with the first of those two things and we've done a really lousy job with the second one. So, you know, like when when our girls pick up um, when they pick up Legos instead of Barbies, like we're really proud of that. And if they want to go into physics, like we think that's awesome. And, you know, our girls have kind of all picked up the message that doing things that we think of as boy things will get them a lot of positive recognition. Mm-hmm. And we have not really made any headway at all in valuing things that are more kind of traditionally feminine. And, you know, I'm constantly guilty of this myself. Like, I would be, I would love for my daughter to do sports. I would not love for my daughter to decide she wanted to do cheerleading or, um, you know, interpretive dance or Mm -hmm. something like that. And it's not because, you know, it's not because I don't think interpretive dance is good. It's because I don't really want to go... And this is, you know, this is again, like I'm, I'm confessing here. I am not proud of what I'm going to say, but I don't want to go hang around with other interpretive dance moms, you know? Um, I don't want my daughter to go into gymnastics because while I really value, um, hard, the hard work that goes into it, 
and you know the kind of pushing your body to the physical limits and having a commitment and everything the whole culture of glitter and bulimia is really a turnoff you know like I don't want I don't want my daughter in that. I don't want my child in that. And if I had a son, I wouldn't want him to be going into football, right? Because that's also really harmful kind of on the other end of the mm-hmm. spectrum. I, you know, I don't want my son to be doing something that's going to be exposing him to repetitive brain injuries. Yeah. Like, that's not that's not good. But, um, you know, we we've all internalized this message that that kind of frou-frou stuff is somehow less valuable. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be part of that. Like, I don't want to be part of thinking that scrapbooking is somehow lesser than fantasy football. Like it's not right. It's not. They're both things that people do for pleasure. That's ultimately not productive in the classic sense of the word productive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but it was awful. <laughs> no, no, I no, mean, that's a speechless. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that it also some of this also has to do with where you were raised. Yes. Like, so where I grew up, traditional female activities were often kitchen based. So, yes. but were highly valued. Like, I grew up with a lot of women who canned dried and and froze stuff so learning how to do those things was essential for getting your family through the winter um yeah so that was a highly valued thing versus you know i'm trying to think of other things that were like like masculine but also in at least in my family and probably also where i grew up like things that were considered traditionally masculine Women did them a lot too, and that's where you know there's this joke about BM. What's a BMW? It's a in Maine. It's a big manly woman because you know raises hands. Yeah. So so like you know, a lot of the women that I knew growing up were incredibly strong and did all the manly things because you had to. Like I knew women that went hunting as much, if not more often, than the men because they had to. Either there wasn't a man around in their family, and so someone had to do the hunting. Um, and then also had to, on top of that, butcher the deer, and then also, you know, like, figure out what to do with the meat. Like, do you freeze it? Do you can it? What do you, do you dry it? So, you know, that's, it's very, I think it's very different when you get into rural life versus urban life. Whereas, yeah. like, where I am now, like... Hipsters can. Real people don't do canning. Hipsters do yeah, it. Exactly. You know? And and like doing those things is like a joke and Did... all of my friends are like, Oh, well less, you're a you're a hipster, you're a dirty hipster because you can. It's like I've been canning since I was like or helping out with canning since I was five years old. Like this is like a really, you know, valid part of a rural life is learning how to do these things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But that yeah. is, I think that's going super deep into this because like getting into the rural versus urban bit of what we do is, I think that's even out, that's even further outside of the masculine versus feminine, right? It is. And it's kind of one of the last frontiers of ism, right? right? 
that, um, you know, for right now, if you live in the city, you're still allowed to make fun of people who are in the country. And if you're in the country, you're still allowed to make fun of the people who are in oh, the yeah. city. Yeah. You know, but, um, you know, we use those shortcuts to kind of, um, we use them, we use those comments as a shorthand for our disdain, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, the, I mean, part of the, part of the reason that, that things, that this issue blew up a little bit was that um, we kind of culturally use disdain as a shorthand for actual humor sometimes, you know, like thinking Seinfeld or, or Chandler on Friends or whatever, right? And we live in this time when people can say something like, oh, it's PC, and use that as a shorthand for everything that's sissy and hypersensitive and whiny that I hate, right? When really, being PC is just supposed to be about not being a jerk, right? right? Not, it's, it's about not running through your life like a bull in a china shop and recognizing that other people have different lives from yours and, um, you know, and not marginalizing people. And, you know, I mean, disdain gets clicks, disdain gets laughs, it gets eyeballs. And it's kind of the defining characteristic of the hipster movement, right? (laughs) Like, it's almost... It's almost like what you have to have to be a good hipster is just general disdain for everything. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, you know, it's not productive, right? It's not productive. And did you guys see the article a couple weeks ago about how the kind of um, the homesteading movement is basically driving prices up on everything for people who are actually Mm -hmm. poor and are just raising their own food because that's how they get yeah. to eat. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, canning, like I love my purple canning jars, but I recognize that they're only there because there's now a demographic who's interested yeah. in canning who was not interested in canning right. five years ago. And I can can. <laughs> <laughs> and I have the equipment for it. You know, I don't like doing it because it needs to be done in oh, August. God, and my I house know. is already uninhabitable in August without putting a bunch more steam into it. But, we always did it outside um, with a pressure cooker. Yeah, I don't have a way to do that here. But I, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to come back around to that when there's a little bit more space in my life. Because there's stuff that I would like to have. And, there, you know, one of those things is actually more money because I would spend less on yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I also have a chest freezer, and I think if our foremothers had had chest freezers, you know, if, if freezing had been more widely available, we wouldn't... Oh, yeah, we wouldn't can nearly as de- much. ...depended so yeah. much on canning. Yeah. You know, and you can freeze um, peeled whole tomatoes just as easily as you can... More easily than you can that's can them. That's what I do them. now. And they're... That's what I do with most yeah. of our stuff. Yeah, I can... I, I can... I haven't canned anything in probably five years because um, I freeze everything because we have a chest. Well, I, I can like pear butter and and stuff like that, apple butter and things, things like that that are different when you freeze them, like or you can't freeze them. Yeah, I love that stuff in theory, but in reality, we just do not go through it. Nobody in the house really eats jam or or pear butter or apple That's butter. Too bad. <laughs> I know. I need to get. 
You know what, though? It's partly because I'm the only person in the house who really likes biscuits, like who prioritizes biscuits over pancakes or waffles or muffins or anything like that. And um, if I ate, you know, if I made and ate biscuits as often as I would like to, I would get through a ton of apple butter and pear butter and jam, I will just say. And my daughter eats school lunches, so we don't do sandwiches Uh, all the time. Oh, you wouldn't be able to send in peanut butter and jelly anyway. No, but you can send in almond butter and jelly. That's true. And, you know... Which is, you know, again, getting back to the hipster thing, right? Oh, when I was a kid, we didn't have peanut allergies. No, your kids were dead (laughs) if they had peanut allergies. Like, they weren't in public school because they died when they were three because they had an anaphylactic reaction and... No one knew what it was. You know, um, yeah, you couldn't treat it. But speaking of like going, going to like a nerdy hipster foodie level, um, a great way to use up pear butter is to do a turkey sandwich with cheese, cheddar, like a sharp cheddar cheese and then mm-hmm. apple butter. Yum. Oh my God. It's so good. And then grill it. You'll thank me. You'll, you'll, Damn, you'll both woman. hate me and thank me later. Cause it's <sighs> so it on like. A piece of wood, you know, to get the full <laughs> hipster effect, <laughs> so that you can really be hipster. Well, with a little pile of chutney that, next to it and some locally sourced charcuterie. That, that happened to me when I went to visit CW Pencils over the like summer or maybe spring of this past year. Um, I went to a sandwich place because I was waiting for CW to open or whatever, and yeah, so they served it to me on a block of like unfinished wood. And then the yeah. salad was on like a piece of slate. <laughs> like it was just like how do you Ew. how do you clean uh, it? Uh. Like, well, worse. I mean, I cannot even handle the thought of a fork on a piece of yeah, slate. Yeah, bad news. And it yeah. was like, oh my god, I've got chills going up and down my spine and just then, thinking um, about it. A sandwich and a drink was almost twenty dollars. Yeah, of course, yeah. so, there's that. So, well, they're not spending their money on dishes. So, where's it well, going? Well, yeah, I mean, come on, it was a place in in Soho. Go figure. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, though, you drop a piece of slate, and it's going to yeah. be toast. Yeah, so. it's going to be gone in no time. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so, bringing us back. Yes, I'm going to. I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> no, I was going to cut gonna... myself off. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to bring us back to the topic. Any Any final thoughts on this? Um, masculine and feminizing of art journaling bullet journaling life books pocket mods hipster pdas pig box pda and getting shit done <laughs> wow. that's a mouthful um, i know right you know i think for me um as an individual who does i guess a mixture of life booking slash plannering slash art journaling sometimes um because i for me personally i find it really effective to track my moods on a daily basis Mm -hmm. um just for personal reasons um i find that that when people in the world not online people like actual people that i encounter um (laughs) hey well i'll encounter you one day don't worry Uh (laughs) i'm real um but, you know, people that I see in my daily life, they see me, you know, with my, my book with has, has like a mood tracker or whatever. 
And, like, yeah, they always ask or say something like, oh, I saw, like, this group on Instagram or I saw this, like, thing on Facebook. Like, do you follow them? Or, you know, like, like, like I'm in part of this group. And I feel like a lot of times it's just individual. Like, it's not neither here nor there. And then I do feel like sometimes that the validity of art journaling or decorating a planner or life booking and drawing what you want is kind of like pushed off to the side as like, Oh, well that's just, you know, women, they like to be creative. Like, you know, that's, that's their thing. Um, you know, and I, I get that too. Um, cause I, I tend to keep company with, with a lot of men and, and we talk, I've talked about stationary and it goes one of two ways. Either that's a thing or, you know, like, why do you waste your time on that? Like, you know, that's, that's foolish, you know, whereas, I don't know, I feel like the divide is a little bit different that they're, that, that the art part is actually being gendered. Yeah. And I, I, I think that that's kind of something that was a little bit surprising for me this past couple of days that I hadn't really thought about, um, specifically the gendering of it, because you know, I okay, so I was in the Midori Travelers Notebook group for a while on on Facebook and it just it didn't feed my soul yeah. at all to be there because some of the stuff was you know, every now and then there would be a post that was actually uh, you know, not necessarily even useful but just interesting to yeah. me of like, oh, that's kind of neat. But then it was like 60% sales yes. posts. Yeah. Maybe uh-huh. more. I don't even know. Like I haven't, it's not like I counted. It felt like it was all sales yeah. posts for a while. But then there were a few people who almost every day would post a picture of their layout yeah. for that day. And there would be, you know, some combination of like you're saying with the washi uh-huh. tape and the pictures clipped from magazines that are paste, you know, pasted in there and a watercolor wash and, you know, whatever right I mean all this kind of stuff in there but that was that was men and women like it never occurred to me that that was a yeah I think gendered phenomenon at the time it just it wasn't for me like that and I'm not faulting the people who enjoy that the sales post I will fault a group for letting (laughs) sales posts take over I will I will not apologize for thinking that that's you know not something that I'm interested in and probably not something that should be allowed to happen unless it's a sales group. But, um, you know, so that was a little unfortunate, but the, the other stuff, it just, it just wasn't, it wasn't my aesthetic. It wasn't my purpose. Um, and the group had so many posts in it that it really cluttered up my newsfeed. So I had to like, not unfollow, but you know, like have it not be, prioritized in my newsfeed and then after a while I just realized I was never clicking over there to look yeah. at stuff and I took it off right because it was dominated by stuff that I wasn't interested in and it's easy to say just scroll past but if that was coming through to my feed then I was scrolling past it to get to like my friends updates and stuff and um you know and it just it, there was no point in my being there and I've seen other groups like that. And, and Les, you were talking about kind of not getting Pinterest. And I'm there with you. Like, Pinterest just 
exists to make people feel inadequate for yes. living their yes. lives as far as no, I can I, tell. I agree too. You know, it's this, it's this kind of like how to make yourself feel unhappy and inadequate and you know, I don't need well, more of that. You know, I think <laughs> I'm good enough at feeling inadequate. I think I think Pinterest started out as a way to organize, and it as a way to organize the crafts you wanted to do. Yes. And I think it really has morphed into like sales and marketing and all of like yeah, making you feel inadequate. Well, it grew into a monster, yeah. right? I mean, like everything does, it grew into yeah. a monster. No, I, I agree too. But yeah, I mean, just bringing this full circle, and I'm, I'm done with my thoughts here. I think it also depends what kind of company you keep and like the circles you run in. Um, right. Because, for example, let's use the erasable group. Um, you know, many different gendered people. And also, as an aside, I would like to say that me, I want to apologize for thinking of gender as a binary thing here. Um, it's just the easiest way to talk about this topic. Um, but clearly gender is not binary. So I just want to add that. Sorry. I thought of that. We'll, we'll, we'll be lumpers yeah. for right now instead of yeah. splitters. So no. Ahead. So I think that, um, you know, in that group, a variety of people post things and there's no judgment. Like that's a man's thing. That's a woman's thing. Or, oh, you did calligraphy. Like that's so froofy or whatever. Right. But I, you know, have seen other groups where it's been like that. So I just think it's dependent upon, where you live, who you keep company with, what groups you're a part of. Um, right. And that's why I was surprised, too, that the conversation on the RSVP group um, went in the direction it did. I'm not, I, you know, I think it was great dialogue. I actually enjoyed reading through everything, but it, it, I didn't think of it that way as intensely. I've thought of it in passing, but I didn't realize that it was that like that, if that makes sense. It does. It does. I didn't, you know, I come... Well, and I, I may, God, I'm stuttering. Um, <laughs> I mentioned this towards the end of that thread. Um, I, we all, we all have our lenses that we look at life through and our lenses yes. are colored by our experiences. And, you know, I've talked very openly about being bullied as a child and as mm -hmm. a teenager and even throughout college until I graduated college, you know, my life from grade probably three or four until I hit like 20 I was bullied the whole time. Yeah. And that is something that I tend to look at these groups and, and I see that I usually like, yeah. when I feel that something is bullying and had I thought Harry was bullying anyone or any of the commentary was bullying, I would have shut that shit down. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's yeah. taken me 20 years to become a, you know, outspoken woman. Yeah. No. So, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I guess I kind of want to defend that thread a little bit because I think it was a really rich discussion. Yes. There was no intent for no. it to be bullying. There was Not no intent for it to be harsh or judgmental. It was, you know, yes, it was framed in a sort of joking manner. Yeah. But I didn't think it came off as harsh. It was a joke, but it wasn't harsh and it wasn't bullying. And it was a richer thread about a lot more stuff than you would ever go, oh, hey, I'm going to learn something about human nature in American yeah. society from a thread about washi yeah, tape and yeah. planners, you know, like I really, 
that thread really made me think a lot and I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed the interaction with people and I appreciated that it really stayed, um, it really stayed respectful and it really stayed, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think the most important thing to me in the, in the group is kindness. Yes. Really. I would put kindness ahead of interestingness, frankly, if I had to choose between the yeah. two. Yeah. Absolutely. No. And I agree with Les, you know, your post about the bullying definitely resonated with me and, I would have called that out as well um, for two reasons. One, I'm sensitive to it. And two, that's not what kind of group I think we want to cultivate right, here. Right, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think that you're right. Everyone looks through interactions through a different lens based on what they've been through in their life and based on who they are. So I like that when there was dissenting opinion, there wasn't dogpiling like right. you see in other groups. So, you know, that well, was... And I no I also think that if there had been any dogpiling, we'd have shut that shit down too. Like that wouldn't we wouldn't have allowed it to happen because that's the kind of moderators and admins we are of the groups that we do admin, you know, and that's how we want our group to be. We want it to be respectful, we want it to be kind, we want it to be open to to everyone. I think this goes into the other part of what I I said in that thread is that we are the three of us, we're intensely interested in the world around us we ask questions we explore things we have a podcast that talks in depth about nerdy stationary stuff <laughs> like, um, right yeah. Yeah. and we've like you guys just did a, a a show all about the nerdery surrounding chalk yes. i mean for christ's sake <laughs> It doesn't get much more nerdy than that or much yeah. more like in-depth and interested in the world around you than yeah. that episode. Um, and I think that the three of us are just open to having a variety of discussions around a variety of things that are stationary related or stationary tangential. Correct. I like that we have that clause. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. really can't... We can't stop if we wanted to. No, so, no. You know. I mean, we are we are so nerdy <laughs> that we have to have those discussions for our own mental health. Yes, yes. So and that's um, why we do this. Exactly, and uh, I think that's all I have on that. I think that I think that wrapped it up nicely for me as well. What about you, Lenore? <laughs> No, I'm I'm pretty happy. I learned a lot in the last couple of days, and I thought a lot. I was, I, you know, I just, I love that group of people. It's just, you know, this, and it's the thing that's hard to describe, right? Like trying to tell somebody what a TED Talk is. Yes, yes, you know? yeah. <laughs> like, and again, you know, it's easy for people to be disdainful of yeah. TED Talks, but the fact is, when they're good, they are life changing. Yeah. Yes, right, and. Um, it's hard to explain to people like what I get out of a group about stationery, and it's not just like pencil recommendations Correct. and coupon alerts. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's it's so much yeah. more, and I love it. I just I enjoy learning. Stuff I agree. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm gonna wrap it up. All right. So um, I just. I really, I mean, we've, we've said it over and over again, but I really just want to take the time to thank everyone for their supportive words on, you know, their comments on the blog and really for participating in the discussions on the Facebook group. It's really just awesome to have such in-depth discussion on so many different things 
and the support that it's given us. Um, so thank you for continuing to support us and joining the Facebook group. Um, if you have a moment and you have your, have some time, um, head over to iTunes and rate us, pop in five stars. You don't have to give us any commentary. Uh, you could say what your favorite episode is so far, but you can leave it blank too. iTunes doesn't care. Um, so yeah, rate us on iTunes if you have a moment, um, and certainly subscribe. Uh, so you can find the podcast at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. You can find me, Les, at comfortableshoesstudio.com, Facebook at Comfortable Shoes Studio, Instagram and Twitter at Original LC Harper. What about you, Dee? You can find me at theweeklypencil.com, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil. And what about you, Lenore? You can get out a wax tablet and a stylus <laughs> and carve, because we're modern here. None of this granite <laughs> slab and chisel stuff for us, right? No, I'm I'm in Facebook in the RSVP group or the Erasables group, and um, I I'm going to open an Instagram account any Please day do. now. Please do. We're going to pressure you. I'm, yes, I'm going to do I wanna it. I want to see pictures of random. Things. I know. Well, you know what the problem is. It's I have an Instagram account and I can't like get into it because I get into the loop of like, I have to, I have to send them, I have to have them send me my ah. password. Oh. You know, so it's a lot of work, really. So you have a to lot. click a couple of links. Massive. <laughs> I know, so right? Difficult. I just, I can't even cope. <laughs> Listen, when I get done grading... <laughs> This round of exams, I will be able to think about things like uh, opening new Instagram nice. accounts and stuff like that. But yeah, it's I'll on, do it. It's on record. I'm going to do it one so. of these days. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to put it on my to-do list because <laughs> it's not there. That's why oh, it hasn't God. happened. Oh. I love you too. Thanks yes. so much. All right. <laughs> bye bye.